98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Judd Boaz. The headlines. An engineer warns that the proposed East Lantau metropolis could flood, just like Japan's Kansai airport. The Secretary for Justice gets the green light to take a case involving four teachers accused of helping students cheat to the Court of Final Appeal. And Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says it's time to start talking about national security legislation. A member of the Citizens Task Force on Land Resources says the serious flooding at Kansai Airport in Osaka is a clear illustration of why the government should not go ahead with the proposed East Lantau Metropolis plan that was first suggested by former Chief Executive C.Y. Leung in his 2014 policy address. Under the plan, a 1,000-hectare artificial island would be created to house up to 700,000 people. It's one of 18 options included in the government's consultation on land supply. Tom Yam says that if built, the East Lantau metropolis would be similar to Kansai Airport, but on a much larger scale. Can you imagine East Lantau metropolis under that condition? It looks similar to the Kansai Airport, but by many, many times bigger with many, many more people living on it. So that alone, I believe, would make the concept for East Lantown Metropolis not viable. Now, engineers can spend money and spend money to make it more livable, but up to what point you say, this is not a good idea. But the president of the Hong Kong Institute of Architects says that with modern technology, he does not believe any artificial islands built in Hong Kong, like the proposed East Lantau Metropolis, would encounter the same problems as Kansai Airport in Osaka that was built more than two decades ago. Here's Marvin Chen. Similarly, we have the Hong Kong Airport, isn't it? That's also reclaimed. That's done uh, um, uh, only 20 years ago. So um, that... We can see that up to now, we are still quite, uh, I mean, we don't have such a problem. So that's, on the other hand, it's proof that Hong Kong could be able to do it uh, engineering-wise. The High Court has given the Secretary for Justice the green light to take a case involving four teachers to the Court of Final Appeal. The primary school teachers had been acquitted by the lower courts for allegedly leaking exam questions by using smartphones to take and send images of the papers. Priscilla Ng reports. The four teachers were previously charged with obtaining access to a computer with a view to dishonest gain for allegedly leaking pictures and contents of the exam questions to friends and parents via WhatsApp and email in June 2014. But a lower court and the high court respectively acquitted the four defendants in 2016 and last month, saying the use of their own smartphones and computers did not amount to the charge. But the Secretary for Justice was unhappy and applied to take the case to the court a final appeal. In handing down his decision, Deputy High Court Judge Pang Chung Ping granted the prosecution leave to challenge the case in the city's top court, saying it is of great and general importance to clarify the legislative intent of the charge of obtaining access to a computer. Originally intended to target technological offenses, the charge has been slammed by critics for being too wide-ranging. For example, a person arrested for taking upskirt photos of others is sometimes charged with a crime as opposed to committing indecent acts in public. 
Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says it's time to start discussing national security legislation so society has time to look into it and possibly reach a consensus. Yesterday, a former Assistant Director of Social Welfare, Rachel Cartland, called for the legislation to be drafted to make it clear what was against the law so the government couldn't use what she called ad hoc measures against political figures. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam has always maintained the conditions aren't right in society to start discussions. Mr Tong disagreed and said it could be dealt with in stages. Well, in relation to offences like treason, sedition, I would have thought a lot of people would be think that you know, it is only natural that then we have such offences. But when we come to you know, more sensitive issues like national secrets or liaison with foreign political powers, then a lot of people will feel very concerned. I, for one, would agree that we should attempt to first of all map out a strategy or a timeline, if you will, as to how to deal with these issues by way of wide and deep-rooted consultations. A strong earthquake in Japan's northern island of Hokkaido has caused a landslide, killing two people and engulfing houses in the town of Atsuma. This report from the BBC's Robin Brandt. The earthquake happened just after three o'clock in the morning. The most serious effect is in the town of Atsuma, where mudslides engulfed a number of houses. 32 people are missing. The preliminary magnitude was 6.7. This part of Japan hasn't had an earthquake of that intensity for more than 20 years. Hospitals, telephone services and transport have all been affected. A nuclear power plant shut down automatically. Three million homes are without electricity. The Travel Industry Council says about a dozen tour groups from Hong Kong were caught up in the earthquake that hit Hokkaido, but none of the 370-odd tourists were hurt. The new Chitose Airport in the island's capital city, Sapporo, has been closed following the quake. The council's executive director, Alice Chan, said it hasn't received any requests for assistance from any Hong Kong residents in Hokkaido yet. She also advised individual travellers and travel agencies to liaise closely with airlines to make arrangements for their flights back home. The South Korean authorities have confirmed that President Moo Jae-in will meet with the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in Pyongyang for three days later this month. From Seoul, the BBC's Laura Bicker reports. Kim Jong-un appeared to greet the envoys from South Korea as good friends. The photographs show the two sides laughing together and shaking hands. In a press conference, the returning officials said Mr Kim renewed his commitment to the complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula and said it was his firm will to work with South Korea to achieve a lasting peace settlement. President Moon will become the first South Korean leader in more than 10 years to visit Pyongyang in just a few weeks' time. It's hoped he can act as an intermediary and restart stalled talks between the United States and North Korea. About 20 protesters have rallied at Myanmar's consulate in Hong Kong, condemning the jailing of two journalists covering the Rohingya ethnic cleansing in the country. The two Reuters reporters were sentenced to seven years behind bars for breaching state secret laws. The protesters say the case was clearly political persecution and an attempt to silence those uncovering the truth about the killings. Iman Villanueva from the Asian Migrants Coordinating Body says Myanmar's de facto Aung San Suu Kyi ought to be ashamed for not speaking up. Aung San Suu Kyi has stayed silent over the jailing of the two journalists as she has repeatedly turned a blind eye to the genocidal attacks against Rohingya people by the military. The state newspaper published by the Ministry of Information under her control 
only follows the line of, mit of the military, dismissing all reports exposing the crimes of the military as fake news, and the government has refused entry to the UN Independent Investigation Commission several times in order to cover up the truth. The New York Times has published an article stating that many senior officials are working within the U.S. government to frustrate parts of President Trump's agenda and his worst impulses in order to preserve America's democratic institutions. The article is written by an unnamed senior official within the Trump administration. The author says that the president's amorality is the root of the problem. Mr. Trump described the anonymous writer as gutless and the New York Times as a phony media outlet. So when you tell me about some anonymous source within the administration, probably who's failing and probably here for all the wrong reasons, no. And the New York Times is failing. If I weren't here, I believe the New York Times probably wouldn't even exist. And, and someday... The president later tweeted out one word, treason, followed by an exclamation mark. President Trump's nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh, has declined to say whether or not he thinks sitting presidents can be forced to comply with a legal subpoena at the end of the second day of Senate hearings. Mr. Kavanaugh said that nobody was above the law, but he would not be drawn on what he called a hypothetical question. We make decisions based on law, not based on policy, not based on political pressure not based on the identity of the parties, no matter who you are in your, our system, no matter where you come from, no matter how rich you are, how poor you are, no matter your race, your gender, no matter your station in life, no matter your position in government, it's all equal justice under law. The British government says it's agreed to the principles of a deal with France on the issue of scallop fishing following confrontations between boats from both countries. Clashes in waters off the French coast last week followed rising tensions with French fishermen accusing British boats of fishing unfairly. The BBC's Claire Marshall reports. The talks in London went on for four hours and were said to be constructive and progress has been made towards reaching an agreement. No UK vessels will fish for scallops in the Bay de Seine region over the summer when French fishermen are banned from doing so. In return, smaller British boats will be compensated. That sum will be decided at a meeting in Paris on Friday. After last week's clashes, all British vessels have been asked to voluntarily stay away from the region. The Supreme Court of India is expected to rule later today if gay sex should remain a criminal offence in the country. Judges have been re-examining a Supreme Court ruling from 2013 in which a law dating from colonial times was upheld. The legislation categorises gay sex as an unnatural offence. Many activists are expecting the Supreme Court to overrule its previous judgment. A decision to decriminalise homosexuality would represent a landmark for gay rights in India. Ride-hailing company Uber says it's on track to go public next year and has no plans to sell its self-driving car research arm. The company's CEO also says he's quite optimistic that it can resume testing of self-driving cars later this year after a fatal crash in Arizona in March. U.S. federal regulators are investigating the crash. Last month, Japanese carmaker Toyota said it would invest $500 million U.S. million in Uber to jointly develop self-driving cars. 
Falls in local blue chips have stabilised after yesterday's sell-off. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 27,058, down 184 points on the previous close. Market turnover was at $49.1 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.37 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 16 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 13 cents. And now with sport, here's Adam Chung. We start with tennis in New York, where there's been double success for Japan in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open. Kei Nishikori overcame the former champion Marin Cilic in five sets, reversing the result of the 2014 final. Earlier, Naomi Osaka dropped just two games in beating Lisha Tsarenko. Here's the BBC's Gigi Salmon. And it means for the first time in the open era, there will be a Japanese man and woman in the semi-finals of a Grand Slam. Naomi Osaka was clinical in reaching her first Grand Slam semi-final just under an hour. She was able to take advantage of an opponent in Lesia Serenko, who had struggled with the weather in the last round and didn't look as though she was fully recovered. And Osaka was too strong and too clean in her hitting, moving her up that win to a career high of 15. Next up, a repeat of the 2014 US Open final and a 15th meeting between Marin Cilic and Kate Nish- Shikuri Nishikuri having won the only other meeting of 2018. Seventh seed Chilich rushed through to a set and 4-2 lead, but Nishikuri was able to weather the storm and take it in five sets and four hours to reach his second Grand Slam semi-final. Novak Djokovic got past Roger Federer's conqueror John Millman 6-3-6-4-6-4 and will battle Kane Shikori in the last four. Madison Keys will hate Naomi Osaka in the women's semis. Keys defeated Carla Suarez Navarro in straight sets to stay on course for a return to the final. On to football news, the former Netherlands international Clarence Seedorf, who now coaches Cameroon, says he will select mainly European-based players for the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. Cameroon played Comoros on Saturday. Seedorf has dropped a number of stars from the Chinese Super League, including captain Benjamin Mukanjo and Christian Bensagog, key members from the team that won last year's Cup of Nations. Seedorf was manager of Shenzhen FC in China League One in 2016. I'm going to mainly focus on the players who play in the best leagues in, 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 in the best leagues or in Europe until the contrary is proven uh, the best clubs and the best players are in Europe and that's where uh, I think uh, the best players of Cameroon should be aiming for. Next to baseball, Shohei Otani may not pitch for a while, but he's doing just fine at the plate. The Japanese rookie smashed two home runs to lead the LA Angels past the Texas Rangers 9-3. Earlier on Wednesday, the Angels recommended the two-way star to undergo Tommy John surgery to fix the damage to his pitching elbow. Should he opt for the procedure, Otani will likely not return to the mound until 2020. No decision has been made as to when or if the 24-year-old will have the operation. Otani lasted only two-plus innings in his most recent start against Houston on Sunday. He's already joined Babe Ruth as the only players ever to hit 15 homers and pitch 50 innings in a season. And that's your look at sports. And that's the news from RTHK.
Yeah. 